Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> this is kind of a uh, odd day in the life of the season of Advent. It's called the Day of Gladness in some places, or the Day of Delight. We've been kind of keeping a tight watch on our jumping into Christmas just too early. We've been watching what hymns we sing. We've been uh, watching the lessons closely that talk about preparation and getting ready. Kind of a sober Advent so far. And then today, delight. Isaiah's sheer delight, John the Baptist, the good news, the psalm even references the going out with tears, yet the coming in with joy. Sort of an odd and curious Advent Sunday. It happened for us last week. We couldn't keep the good news to ourselves anymore, so this place literally exploded with the good news. <laughs> huh? Hundreds of people here to see and to hear and to sing about the good news of Jesus' birth. That pageant last week. What a, what a tremendous gift to us and to the community. So Isaiah sort of strikes the tone for this Advent day of delighting. This day of good news for those who wait, hopefully, expectantly. Good news for the brokenhearted. Some of us had needed that kind of good news this week. Freedom for all held captive to anything or anyone. Release from the darkness. God's favor for people. I delight, the prophet says, my soul rejoices in my God. <clears throat> Centuries later, we find in the Gospel of John, in our Gospel text today, another voice out in the wilderness calling out to prepare, to repent, to get ready for God to pay a visit. As we considered last week, John the Baptist was an odd fellow traipsing around the wilderness, attracting this large and curious following, people flocking out from the cities to to see what this guy was up to and what his message was. He described himself as a witness to the light for a people who once again found themselves in darkness, hopeless, distracted, in captivity to the Romans, and not expecting much of God in those days. Echoing his colleague from centuries earlier, the prophet Isaiah, he says that he's a voice. I'm a voice. I'm a rooster crowing. I'm a honking horn. <laughs> An annoying alarm clock. For those of you who have stopped listening. For all of you who are hearing impaired, he said. <laughs> and aren't we all? This voice in the dark cried out, Get ready 
to meet your God. And God did come. Breaking into human affairs in a new way, physically, willingly, intentionally becoming human. And for the life of most of us gathered to worship this God in Christ today, we can't understand why all of humanity does not rejoice with this good news. But they don't. Even in the day when it happened, a few shepherds did. But most of humanity just went on about their business. They were busy doing life, important things, commerce, family, fun. They were working. They were doing their politics, practicing their religion, their civics. They didn't have time for a baby in a manger. Even if the child was God with skin on. And lying in that food dish, even if lying in that food dish was the salvation of the whole world, they were too busy. It's been that way ever since, really. Even when we knew He was coming, even when we set aside a special time of preparation, we fill it up, don't we? We fill it up with our singing and our music and our shopping and our baking and our gifts and our pageants and our concerts. And all of those are nice, wonderful things. I love them. But we, what we forget is what I talked with the kids about, and that is that it's all about witnessing to the light. The real reason for the season. All of those things are a voice preparing us and leading us to the baby. Now for sure, once in a while, someone remembers that. Like the Apostle Paul who just keeps repeating it over and over and over again in his exuberance. He just couldn't get over the fact that God had come down in Christ and was coming again. He just kept repeating it. He said, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Be thankful. Be prepared. And folks did for a while. And then they and we forget again. And so we come together to hear it all again. Now, why do... People forget certain things even when they're reminded. Is it that we don't really hear them? I don't know about you, but ask your wife. I know a man, I know him really well. Maybe everybody knows one who doesn't hear certain things. It's a plague usually afflicting those of us in marriages, known as functional deafness. I've had it diagnosed many times. It's a nice way of saying we hear what we want to hear. Nobody likes to hear things that hurt 
especially things that you can't do much about. I mean, who wants to hear that you have cancer or that someone you know or love has died? Who wants to hear that their partner has fallen out of love with them? Or that there are starving children dying every minute somewhere in God's world, even in our country? We don't want to hear these things because we can't deal with them. Studies of those people near death report that when they're told that news, that they're on their path to death, their first response is disbelief. Often the second one is resentment. Maybe a little bit of why me. And then several other steps before people eventually accept the incontestable fact that they are dying. Why do we have so much difficulty hearing a baby being born some 2,000 years ago? Because that baby was sent for the sake of those who need saving. And you know how we love saving ourselves. You know how we love being in charge of our own destiny, the captain of our own ship. We can't handle a baby who was a light shining in the darkness. You know how dark things hate to have a spotlight cast on them. We can't handle this baby shot straight as an arrow through a crooked world. A baby who became a simple, honest man who did what he was supposed to do among clever people who did what they wanted to do. And the world has never quite known what to do with a single, honest man. So, for the hearing impaired among us today, comes a voice. In case by chance or choice, someone again may hear it. Let me say it clearly and simply. God came to us as a human. As one of us. God still comes to us today. Lives among us, in us, with us, through us, and in those and in the world around us. And a God-man takes some getting used to, I think. (laughs) I think that's why he started out as a baby. I mean, everybody loves a baby. Cute and cuddly and warm and innocent. I think God came as a baby so that He could grow on us. He became a light, comfort, hope, release, salvation. Let all of us who have ears, let all of us who can hear it, rejoice. Amen.
Glory be to you, Heavenly Father, through Christ our Lord, who with the Holy Spirit reigns eternally, one God, now and forever. Amen.